You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 18. My teachers, my educators, I got you. This one here is for you. Let's go. Motivating from the Six. This is a podcast that is intended to change your life. It's intended to help you grow. It's intended to have you think, to have you stand up and just change the way you're doing business, to change the way you think, to change the way, to just have you grow, just to have you become a better you. I am Jeff Martin of JeffADMartin.com. Thank you so much for all of you who are listening. Thank you all of you who are who have subscribed, who have left a five-star rating, who have allowed me just to come into your life for a brief moment for this episode. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. This episode here is for the teachers. Now, school is starting back again. Summer holidays is all over, all said and done. The kids have had a great time, a great break, and they're going back to school. In a lot of different areas, kids have already gone back to school. So they're already in the process of the last one or two weeks of getting back in the grind of school and learning. And teachers are out there educating. So we're back on the road. Teachers are teaching, students are learning, and I just wanted to do an episode. I want to put an episode out there for our teachers. I believe that teachers are so valuable. The value that teachers bring to a student is just beyond belief because oftentimes you'll have teachers spend more time with these students and give them more attention than sometimes parents do. And I'm not out here knocking parents, but the truth is you spend as a child, you go to school, you get to school maybe 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, whatever time your school starts, and you're there till 2.30, 3.30, 4 o'clock, whatever it is. You spend a lot of time with your educators as a student. And so teachers, their role is so important because that's valuable time, especially in a child's life, because a child is able to learn so much. They're like sponges. They can absorb so much at a younger age. And so teachers, educators, they spend so much time in a child's life that they have the ability to really shape who that child is going to be. Of course, parents have the probably the number one influence being parents. However, teachers have such a great influence. And I think sometimes it's underestimated. I think some teachers, they go in, they want to do their job real quick and they want to get out. And it's important for our teachers, our educators to know and to remember how important the role is within the lives of our young people. There's a quote that says, every day teachers come to school ready to tackle jobs that are critically important, extraordinarily complex and often joyful and at times heartbreaking. But in essence, teachers help others to become the best that they can. Our teachers are important. Now, I'm going to bring out a few points here that I believe that teachers should kind of look at when it comes to teaching your children and ideas in terms of going forward and just kind of reminding them of their importance within our children's lives. But I do want to say this. I am not a teacher. I have never gone to teacher's college. I've never gone down that path. 
but I spent a lot of times in schools. I've done a lot of speaking. I do a lot of speaking within schools and I've done a lot of one-on-ones with some of these students. So I do hear what some of them are saying. I do hear what the importance is when it comes to education, when it comes to uh, teachers within their lives and the important roles that they play. But I personally am not a teacher. So I'm not here to step on anyone's toes by any means. I'm not here to tell anybody how to do their job by any means as well because I've never been in that role. So I don't fully understand what it's like to be a teacher day in and day out. However, all of us are teachers. All of us are educators. If you are riding that bus and you see a young person on that bus and they're acting the fool, they're just, you know, doing whatever they're doing. You have an opportunity to step up and be an educator for that child and say, hey, young man, what you're doing is not cool. You got to stop it. Or a young lady, whatever the case might be. We all have an opportunity to be educators, to be teachers for our communities, for the children within our communities. So it's important for all of us to step up. And again, even though this episode is geared toward teaching and to teachers, all of us can really learn something from it as well, because we all have that ability to be role models for these kids out there, even if they're not your kids, even if you don't even know who these kids are, when you come across some of these kids, and again, they might be acting up, or you have some type of education or level of understanding on a certain topic that you can teach others with, you have the ability to be that teacher, you have the ability to be that educator. So here's a couple points I want to share with you. As a teacher, as an educator, I got this from speaker Eric Thomas, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. He talks about education as well. And one of the uh, pictures that he draws is if you can imagine a big square, right? And you split that square into four boxes. Now, it's important for you as a teacher, as an educator, to understand what type of students you have in your class. They're not all going to be the same. Even if they're from the same race, even if they all happen to be the same gender, the same religion, they're obviously not the same. We all have different personalities. You have a different personality than your principal, than the teacher next door, than your neighbor, than your spouse. Everybody has a different personality. And it's important if you're going to be a productive teacher, if you're going to be a productive educator, you have to understand your audience understand who is sitting in front of you. So going back to the model I just mentioned, Eric Thomas, a motivational speaker, he demonstrates a box. So imagine a box and you split it into four. And the top left has a category called thrivers. And these are students who are great at academics and they're great at motivating themselves. Those students there, you really don't have to do a whole lot of work because they are there to learn and they know how to learn. And so those are the students that they're good. Like you can pretty much leave them alone. Obviously, you need to pay attention to all your students, but those students, they have a goal. They have a why. They know what they're doing and they know how to get there. And those students are probably the students that you don't need to pay as much attention to. So going over to the top uh, right of that square, you have the strivers and the strivers are great at motivating. So they're able to get up and get the work done. However, they lack the academics. They lack the understanding of how to do the work. They want to do the work. They want to be good. They want to really succeed, but they don't understand how to do it. These type of students, you need to spend time with them 
teaching them, helping them to understand the academic side, the the work, the actual workbook. And once they're able to understand that, they just push and they keep going themselves. So those students as well are pretty easy to deal with because once they learn the lesson and they comprehend the work that they're supposed to be doing, then they just go. They, they're able to motivate themselves. They too have a why. They too have a goal and they push towards it. Now, the students that you need to pay a little bit more attention to are the ones in the bottom hemisphere of this square. So in the bottom left, you have the survivors. And these students are the ones who are great at academics, but they lack motivation. And these are the students who they are smart. They know what they're doing, but for whatever reason, they choose not to, whether it be for peer pressure and, you know, their friends are just not wanting to do the work. So they don't want to do the work or they have something else going on in their life that's really kind of just taking their focus down. They know how to do the work. They're, they're smart kids, but they just don't have the motivation. There's nothing pushing them to tell them you need to get this work done. These are students that really need to have a little bit of extra attention. And the last set of students who probably need the most attention, if again, if you picture that box in the bottom right hand side of the box, you have the divers and they lack academics and they lack motivation. These kids don't know how to do the work and they don't care that they don't know how to do the work. They're not interested. These are the kids that really need that extra love. It's important to understand when you look at your classroom, where do these kids lie? Are they the dive? Sorry, are they the strivers? Let me try that again. Are they the thrivers, the ones who are great at academics and great at motivation? They can motivate themselves. Are they the strivers, the students who are great at motivation and they lack the academic understanding? Are they the survivors, the ones who are great at academics, but they lack the motivation for themselves? Or are they the divers? The divers are the ones who lack academic skills and lack motivation. It's important that you figure out where your student falls within your students, all your students, where they fall within this scale or whatever scale that you have that might be similar. But the whole idea, the whole point of this is to understand where each student in your classroom falls, because once you can understand where they are, you can help them. You can't help someone when you don't know what the problem is, right? You come across somebody who's in distress. Until you understand what the issue is, you can't help them. With these students, if you can kind of figure out what area that they fall into, it makes it easier for you to help them. Some time ago, I did a one-on-one -on -one with a student at a school, and I came to find out that he was a smart kid. He knew uh, how to do his work. Like He was a very brilliant kid, so his issue wasn't the, the learning portion of it. He understood it, but he lacked motivation, and after sitting with him and talking with him, I came to realize that he was under a lot of stress at home. His mom had a newborn baby. There was no father in the home, and so automatically, he being a, a young teenager, he was now responsible to... Uh, for being the father within the home. He had to come home early. He had to babysit his siblings. Uh, he had to make sure dinner was ready. And he wasn't motivated to do anything in school because he had all this stuff going on at home. His mom, unfortunately, she couldn't do better, but she had to rely on him to be the man of the household. It's, it's quite a sad story, but at least 
when you understand what category this type of individual falls in. So in his type of case, it would be he would be the survivor. See, he would be great at academics, but he lacked motivation. Once you understand where this young man or, or whatever your circumstance is and who you're looking at, when you understand the area that they fall into, you are able to assist. So with this young man now, with the school's help, they were able to reach out to the mom and give resources to help this child out because in the end, we want to see all these children succeed. So if you are able to figure out what their greatest needs are, what their greatest wants are to help them to become as best that they can, then you are able to help them succeed. So going on further, get to know your students. So I just talked about that example of that young man who was having issues at home because he was now the father. He was now the man of the home because there was no father in uh, in uh, this household and there was no, no other man in this household. And so mom had to really rely on this young teenage kid. Get to know your students. When you have a child in your classroom and this child is acting up, and, you know, a lot of people are quick to label these children. They want to label them as bad kids. This kid has a bad attitude. This kid talks back. This kid, oh, I can't wait till the year is done to get him out of my class. I just want to pass him and keep it moving. If you spend just a moment to figure out what's going on in this child's life, you are going to have an opportunity of a lifetime. You're going to be able to see, get a glimpse of this child's uh, home life and see that he or she is under some real serious pressure, whether it be mom and dad is going through a divorce, whether it be mom is a single mom, dad's a single dad, lack of financial resources. Sometimes these kids are not having breakfast before they leave the house, and that can change the chemical balance within their body. There are a ton of things that these children can be going through. Do me a favor. Don't just write them off. Take an opportunity to sit down with this child and ask them what's going on. Ask them what's going on in their life. I heard a speaker say that there was a student and, you know, the teacher went to that student and said, hey, what's going on? Everything good? And of course, you know, these students, they don't talk, right? Kids don't talk. So the teacher, the, the child was like, yep, I'm good. And they kept it moving. The next day, the teacher went back to the child and said, hey, you doing okay? You don't seem to be, um, you know, doing the things you used to do. Uh, you know, you seem to have a bit of a mood change. What's going on with you? And the child was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And the teacher every day would go back to the child. And as time went on, as, you know, uh, three, four days went on, the child gave a little bit of information. As the next day went on, the child gave a little bit more information until the teacher could really understand what was going on in this child's life. In that specific child's life, that child wasn't able to have uh, breakfast in the morning and really lacked um, a substantial lunch. And so that teacher went into her own pocket and bought that child like a $10 gift certificate to the local um, donut shop or, or, or sandwich shop or something like that. And the child was like, wow, I appreciate this. You know, the child's not really going to jump up for joy because teens don't usually do that. But you can tell the child really appreciated it. And that allowed the child to, you know, at least for a brief moment, go out and buy some breakfast, have a decent lunch. And it just really, you know, that imagine something like that when that child now becomes 30 or 40 or 50 years old, how much love he's going to have for that teacher for spending that extra time and just loving on him and allowing him just to become a better student just because that teacher took some extra time out 
for that student. So again, get to know your students. Let's not just label them, but get to know who they actually are as an individual. Now, teachers, you got to know something because of your teaching, because of your influence, because of your ability to engage these students. There's studies that have shown that you have had an exact like a, a direct impact on these children's earnings once they become adults. There was a massive study by Harvard University and Columbia University. And in these studies, they included 2.5 million students and 20 years of data was tracked and it found that bad teachers and, you know, you can classify bad teachers however you want. But the study says that bad teachers showed or, or students that had bad teachers along the way, those students or they became adults, obviously, um, sometime later, those adults later, you can see that in their cash flow, in what they were making and the jobs that they were doing, it was a lot different than than students who had good, quote unquote, good teachers. And this is what the study showed. So according to the study, based on the models that they had in this study, they said teachers that were better teachers, teachers who were more engaged, the students who were in this class, they earned 250000 more dollars in their lifetime. Now, this is a whole this is a big study. So, you know, uh, it's 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 quite complex. But the point being is that when you take time in a student's life, when you take time to invest in them and make sure that they understand the work when they leave that classroom, you allow them to become a little bit more successful in the financial realm. And I'm sure so many other realms as well, but you allow them to become so much more financial um, or successful because they actually understood the work that you were doing. You took the time out and showed them that love and they were able to really grasp the information. Now, going hand in hand with that, education is the most important tool in fighting poverty. Without literacy skills and basic education, families cannot overcome social and economic barriers. Every day, teachers in impoverished communities fight poverty by giving poor children access to education that they need. So understanding, again, if you are a teacher in a neighborhood that's a high priority neighborhood, you are giving these kids something that they can use, a tool that they can use to change their life. If they sit in your business class and you teach them business, you teach them how to save money. You teach them how to set goals and to reach goals. You are giving them a tool that's invaluable. You can teach them to do things that they've never seen, that their family has never seen in their lifetime. You can help them to fight poverty within their own families by just truly teaching them the skills, the life skills that they need. Now, understand this. You as a teacher, you as an educator, you are a role model. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, that's the last thing I want to be. These kids, they look up to basketball players. They look up to actors. They look up to singers. They look up to rappers. But you are the person who is influencing them, influencing them the most, right? They sit and they watch a basketball game and they might see LeBron James. They see him for the 48 minutes that he's playing. They watch some interviews, but they don't have direct access to someone like LeBron James. They don't see his ins and outs of his every day, but they see yours. Every day you show up for work, if you are in a good mood, they see it and they replicate your mood. If you are in a bad mood, they see it and they replicate your mood. You have such an opportunity 
to be that child's role model. Now, when the school year is done, you may look at it and say, well, that's another class that I've done and I'm, you know, enjoy my summer and I'll start fresh again next year. But oftentimes you leave such an impact on these students. I personally can think of uh, one or two teachers that really blew my mind in the way that they taught, the way that they treated me. And on the flip side, I can think of uh, two or three teachers who I absolutely despise, again, just the way that they treated me or they treated people in my classroom. These people have left an impact on my life. And if you're listening to this, you can you can relate to this. You have teachers who you have had that have had a bad or a good impact within your life. It may not be so impactful now, but you have a good or bad memory of that teacher. You really have an opportunity as an educator to impact these kids on such a powerful level. So understand that you're a role model and step in it. Don't be afraid. Step right into that role as being that role model. Now, the truth is, if you are a teacher, if you are an educator, you have to have the ability to assess yourself, meaning you have to be able to kind of look back and step out of your role and say, "Okay, this is the stuff I'm teaching. Is it really working? This is the way I'm teaching it. Am I being as effective as I can? And I could, you, you could probably imagine there's teachers who come out of teacher's college and they are so excited. They've never taught a class before. They're so full of energy. They have all these great new innovative ideas and how they want to change the classroom. And you have been a teacher for like 28 years. You are so tired. You're just waiting to retire. You, the last thing you want to do is come up with brand new ideas. But the truth is that the world is changing. There's new ideas that are coming out, new ways to entice kids, to get them to want to be a part of uh, the class, to participate. And here you are with your same old ideas. It's important that you reach out to some of these people, you know, first and foremost, assess yourself, have the ability to assess yourself and say, how am I doing as a teacher? What grade would I give myself? And then reach out to either a mentor, someone who has been doing it for many years and they have great ideas or reach out to someone who's younger in the sense of they've been on the job less and they have new, fresh ideas coming out of teacher's college. What are they bringing in? What kind of new things are they teaching at teacher's college? Your time is been expired for a while uh, coming from the teacher's college. However, these other teachers coming in might have some ideas and things that you can use and you can implement in your own classroom. Don't be afraid to step up to them and ask them what's going on, what's new, what's exciting, what can I use? Be like You have to have the ability to assess yourself in order to go out and improve yourself. And that's something that's going to benefit every child that's in your class. Something that's super important when it comes to teaching is the four walls that you have around you. And it's it, you, you got to look at the fact that some of these classrooms, they look the same when you graduated, right? Like if I was to go back to my old high school and look in some of these classrooms, it would probably feel like I'm stepping into like a time zone, like a time capsule because the classroom looks the exact same. Like everything is the same on the walls. Nothing has changed. You have to make your classroom enticing. You have to make the room enticing. If these kids are into basketball, they're into Steph Curry, then you put posters of Steph Curry on the wall. And you know what? Put motivational uh, sayings that Steph Curry has said beside his picture. If LeBron James is who these kids are excited about, then you put these pictures on the wall. And again, maybe put motivational uh, quotes that LeBron James has said or whoever these kids might be involved with or, or, or excited about. 
you update your classroom. Updating your classroom can make the world of a difference. You walk in and you see a house like if you're looking at a house and you walk in and you see the walls are a vibrant color, you see the furniture is nice and modern. You're going to be like, "Ooh, like this is, you know, this is a great place to be. A hotel room. You walk into a hotel room and that bed is plush and that room is clean and looking good. You're going to be like, yo, I can stay here forever. It's the same as a classroom. If your classroom is dull and boring, it's not going to foster an environment of learning. Update your room, update your classroom, allow these kids to even have an input on what they want on the walls. And if they have an input, then they're going to become a little bit more intrigued in what's in that room. And if they're intrigued on what's in that room, then they're going to be intrigued in learning. So update your stuff, get your stuff up to date, and the kids will love to learn in your classroom. Also, you got to use what the kids love to motivate them. And I say that, for example, when I go out and I speak to community centers and I speak to schools, when I speak to a bunch of kids, depending on the age group of kids and depending on the demographic, some of them love. I mentioned Steph Curry. These kids, they love Steph Curry. Like that's this generation's Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael Jordan, don't get me wrong, is a better player and I'm not knocking Steph at all. But Steph Curry is right now, he is the man. And these kids, they love him. They adore him. They're out there when they're playing pickup basketball. These kids are shooting and threes all over the place like back in the day kids were trying to dunk like Michael Jordan sticking their tongues out like Michael Jordan on the outside basketball court these kids now they're trying to shoot threes so they love Steph Curry so as I talked about when you put Steph Curry posters on the wall with motivational speakings or motivational words that Steph Curry might have said Put that in your curriculum as well, right? Like tie in something that Steph Curry has done or tie in something that LeBron James, whatever sport, whatever new movie that these kids are into, Pokemon, fidget spinners, whatever it case might be. Like, for example, I don't know, like a fidget spinner can spin 500 times in one minute. So if X means 500, what does that equal? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just saying whatever it is the kids are involved with, you got to use that as motivation and help them use that to let them to make them, to help them to win. Last but not least, always remember, whatever you do as a teacher, whatever you do as an educator, all the words that come out of your mouth have to be positive towards these kids. You have to speak life into these kids. You have to keep the negativity at home. If you are getting stressed out, if you are getting burnt out as a teacher, then as you're driving in, you put that mixtape together, you download those MP3s that are going to get you excited. Those those fast-paced type of uh, songs, whatever it is that's going to up it's going to get you going. It's going to get your heart moving. You got to get those songs going and you got to play them in your car before you step out and start dealing with these kids. You got to speak life into these kids. You have to speak positivity into these kids sometimes they're dealing with so much negativity at home so much negativity from their neighborhood that you are the one glimpse of of positivity that they could possibly have in their life like consider the year from september to june or whatever it is that your school year goes to and that whole time it's negative for them it's negative you as a teacher can be that one 
positive thing. It's important that your words, they speak life, that they open up these kids' eyes, it opens up their thinking. It's it's you that has to make that difference, that has to be that difference within the child's life. I've touched on it before. I've had a teacher, a guidance counselor, who told me he didn't think I was smart enough to go on to college, right? And so that made that, that put something within me. And I've been able to use that and use it as fuel to turn my thinking around and just have me push forward because of his negative thinking. However, I could say that I'm one of the fortunate ones. There's kids out there who hear the negative talk from their teachers and they believe it and they continue to believe it and it sets them down a path that they can almost never turn back from all because of the negative language that's spoken to them by teachers. It's important as teachers, you speak life. You put life into these kids. You put your experiences into these kids. You give them an opportunity to just flourish. There's a saying that says, the future of the world is in my classroom. Man, the future of the world is in your classroom because every president of the United States, every prime minister of Canada, every CEO of any big Fortune 500 company from the highest to the lowest on this earth, each and every one of us human beings has sat in a classroom. Everybody has sat in a classroom. So you don't know who you're going to have or you don't know when you have these students in your class, you don't know who they're going to end up to be. It's important that you put your love into them. You speak life into them. You let them know that they matter and that you care about them. And you take the extra time that it need, that's needed to show them the love that they need. Because when it's all said and done, you have an opportunity to teach these kids on a level that, have, that they have never been taught before. All right, good people, listen up. My teachers, my educators, you got to know that you are loved, that you are appreciated by us parents, by society. You have done so much, but we need you to keep focused. We need you to keep motivated and teach these kids the things that they need to be taught. Open up your life and share a little bit. Open up your thoughts and share a little bit. It's important these kids know more than just what's in the curriculum, but they know about life. Oftentimes curriculum, they don't really teach about the finances and what we need to learn to save money and to create passive income. Oftentimes the books that we have from school, they don't teach us how to set goals and how to keep goals, how to continue to grow on our goals. You as teachers have an opportunity to share some really valuable things in their lives. There's a saying that says, the mediocre teacher tells, the good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, but the great teacher inspires. Be an inspiration to your students. Be that teacher that is able to change the trajectory of their life. It's all in your hands. It's a lot of pressure. I know it is, but you can do it. You've been doing it for years as a teacher and you can do it this school year. So I encourage you. I encourage you to be involved come this school year from the very first day to the very last day. You be involved and you show love to each and every one of these students in your classroom. Thank you so much, guys. I will see you at the top of the next episode. Peace.